to another <clears throat> episode. Oh God, my voice is sore. Yeah, if you guys didn't notice, my voice is a little bit raspy uh, because of the entire weekend, um, which I spent in Kentucky, which I'll get to in a second. But this is episode 55, I believe. I don't know if I'm going to make this a Patreon exclusive episode or if this is going to be posted to the main page. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're outside of Patreon, then congrats. I decided to post it to uh, to the main. So this is episode 55. Um, yeah, I spent the entire weekend in Kentucky, in Lexington more specifically, which I was actually surprised at how many of you guys were actually in the Kentucky, Tennessee area. So I appreciate all of you guys for extending your hand out to me, um, for like lodging and then I'm getting together and having some beers with you and some of your friends and stuff like that, which one day, um, when I can afford it, what I would like to do is go to various bases if they'll have me and, um, meet some of the soldiers there and meet some of my following there and have some beers and just have some good time you know maybe have a camp out or campfire or something like that get out in nature maybe a hike or something but I can't tell you how many times people found out that I was near Fort Campbell and they're like oh come to Fort Campbell come uh, come meet us and I thought that'd be uh I thought that'd be really nice but uh yeah so anyways I appreciate you guys extending your hand out to me I was only there for about maybe three days and uh yeah I left on Monday Got back last night and just a phenomenal weekend. Just because you guys know I was going to that that gathering, gathering of the folk, and um, you know I don't I can't go into too many details because Jacob and I, the uh, the owner of the Wisdom and Odin, we're doing a podcast on Thursday, and you guys will be able to hear that. Um, so we're doing half of it public, and then the other half is going to be a Patreon exclusive. Um, but Nonetheless, I had some time to think about a particular episode that I really wanted to do, and it was uh, going back to our roots a little bit. Now, I talk about tribalism a lot, you know, like getting yourself within a tribe and developing with other men, competition, stuff like that. Um, but there's a really important aspect to not only masculinity, but kind of going back to your roots that is often overlooked. And that is menial, seemingly tedious tasks um, that the modern world, modern men don't really perform anymore. Um, You guys, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I chop wood a lot. So what I actually ended up doing was I had virtually no wood for the winter. I don't like buying wood. It just First of all, it's extremely expensive. It's like $300 for a cord in California. It's so expensive. If you have a family that you're trying to keep warm with that, you're going to buy a few cords. Um, But anyways, yes. And it also obviously depends on how bad the winter is. But I got lucky and I had a house that was rotting in the back of my... or (laughs) I had a tree that was rotting in the back of my house. And Edison, our electric company, which is garbage, by the way, came and shut... Uh, cut the tree down and left me all these logs and it wasn't like a super large amount but it was enough for me to be like okay cool I have wood I have an axe I'm gonna chop this up you know like I normally do and I had a good stack of wood and then when I was chopping wood and mind you my friend Sergey and I what we used to do um, to a little segue here but what we used to do when he lived with me for a few months while he's buying his home him and I used to go out into the woods at like two o'clock in the morning. And we always had this spot that was just this huge tree that was cut down and it was cut in little pieces. And what we did was we went to that spot down this huge hill and him and I together in pitch black darkness, by the way, with nothing but spotlights, would chop wood and listen to Johnny Cash at two in the morning by a river, by a ski resort. 
and it was a workout. It was, um, you know, it was time for us to talk and kind of like, you know, just speak our minds and stuff like that. It was very therapeutic. And then when I obviously now I'm cutting wood by myself, I'm not really cutting wood with anyone else anymore. You, I, I realized how therapeutic wood cutting is the aesthetics behind it. So not only do you have the obvious exercise part of it, right? You have releasing the dopamine and endorphins that come from getting physical exercise. And don't get me wrong, if you've never chopped wood before, it is an actual workout. I'm a relatively fit guy. You know, I do jujitsu three times a week. My cardio is pretty good. And I'm gassed after about an hour of chopping wood, especially if you have a bad axe, which I highly recommend getting one of the weighted axes. They're kind of like these, uh, these mallet type axes. It's hard to explain like a splint, I think it's called. I don't remember. You guys kept talking to me about it. But anyways, how therapeutic it is, um, you know, in a physical sense, it's a workout. You're getting a great workout. And I I was thinking about something. When we look back to even a couple hundred years ago, you know, our ancestors that are, we perceive them. We have this misconception of them that they were often like weak and scrawny and malnourished. When in actuality, if you look at tasks like agricultural tasks like farming, which I'll get to in a second, um, chopping wood, lifting wood, building homes and all that stuff like that. I can only imagine that these dudes were absolutely jacked. There is no way. I mean, they, I'm sure they weren't like Arnold Schwarzenegger jacked, but I'm, I'm relatively sure a lot of them, if they were decently well off, they had probably some decent muscle because of the tasks that at one point that they, that they had to do. If you look at the gym, bench pressing, deadlifts, and all that stuff like that. That's all just a playground for what we used to do back in the days when exercise was just a daily part of life. The gym is nothing more than recreating what we don't really do anymore. Lifting heavy shit, pulling heavy stuff, you know, chopping wood, you know, curling stuff. All those exercises are kind of incorporated into the gym now. So we're separated from physical exercise to a certain extent. Um, that's why I am an advocate for lifting boulders. I think lifting boulders is a very primitive, um, great full body workout. It works out your legs. It works out your back and all that stuff. But anyways, I'm chopping wood and I'm just thinking, God dang, like you could get absolutely jacked just from chopping wood. And obviously if you minimize calories and stuff like that, you can get pretty lean, which obviously I feel like our ancestors minimize calories and probably participated in fasting a lot. And then, so you have that physical aspect of it, but then you have the the satisfaction of two things. One, a job well done. So you chop up all your wood and at the end of the three or four hours, uh, depending on how long it takes you, you have this stack, this pile of wood. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that like most people that are listening to this either haven't chopped their wood very much or maybe never, but you, some of you may know that you have this beautiful pile of wood and it it's you're just looking, you're admiring it because you did that yourself. You've accomplished a task that is not easy. Then you have the common aesthetics that come along with chopping wood, like the fresh smell of sap and pine. Um, you know, I was just chopping wood a couple weeks ago or a week ago and fall was in the air. There was a cool breeze. Leaves were falling around me, the oranges. And if you guys saw my Instagram post about it, you know, um, some neighbor of mine was cooking like bread or some, some kind of doughy dessert that was just very fall-like. It was just a very fall-like feeling getting ready for the winter. And then you stack your wood and you stack it in a, these perfect little columns or however you do it. And you look at it and you're like, I did that. You know, that is going to keep me warm for the winter. So now you have this satisfaction, which is self-reliance. I can depend on myself for heat for the winter. So instead of 
going to, uh, you know, my gas company, Southern California gas company and saying, Hey, uh, I will trade you this amount of heat for this amount of money and just relying on them, which is fine. If you, I guess, if you want to pay tons of money for heating where I live, if I ran my heater all winter, my bill each month for gas would be $300 easy, probably more. I would say three to $500 easy. So I barely run my heater in the winter. I will actually refrain from heating. Um, so now I have the sat satisfaction of not only self-reliance, a job well done and a workout, but you have to remember while I was doing all those things, do you think that I was only thinking about chopping wood? No, not necessarily. I was thinking about my life. I was thinking about future decisions. And also there's a sense of gratitude that comes along with chopping your own wood. Now you can obviously apply this lesson to other tasks um, that also get to like foraging and farming, but also let's say painting your house, remodeling your bathroom, um, doing yard work, you know, whatever it is that is a task that you've done yourself and that you've gained knowledge and skill on, you have that satisfaction and that gift of self-reliance. But I couldn't help but be really grateful for the mobility that I have as a young man, the ability to be able to sit there and chop wood for hours of time be, because there's tons of people out there because maybe they're super old, they're disabled, you know, they're born without arms, who knows? But they lack the mobility that we have um, and there is some gratitude that goes along with that. I'm thankful to be out in my yard. I'm thankful to have this wood and I'm thankful to be able to do what I'm doing now. Now, I know that's something kind of maybe obscure a little bit, but I was thankful for the mobility that I had. So you have all those aspects that are chopping wood. And then I made a quote about this the other day. And I said, I bet you men had a lot less mental health issues back when they were forced to chop their own wood. That doesn't mean that if you just chop wood, all your mental health issues are going to go away. That doesn't mean if you chop wood, you're going to not be depressed or anxious anymore. But it means what I meant by that was that back when men didn't have so much time to spare, they had because remember, I told you that uh, passivity breeds demons, meaning that just sitting on your ass all day, playing video games, you know, um, just laying on the couch, sleeping until three o'clock in the afternoon, passivity breeds demons. And how much time did our ancestors actually have when there was so much to be done? I'm not saying that they didn't have issues, but what I'm saying is that they had a lot, lot less time to self-inflict themselves with mental wounds or to you know, sit there and just woe is me type of attitude because they had shit to do. They had kids to take care of. They had grandparents to take care of people. Men were so relied upon back then that they almost were afforded virtually no time to sit there and be sad and be depressed and anxious and, you know, have to worry about the things that we're worrying about now with social media and stuff like that. So when I said that men had a lot fewer mental health issues when they were forced to chop their own wood, I just meant that I was just acknowledging the fact that a lot of these self-perceived mental health issues that a lot of men have come from p passivity, inaction. I did an episode, it was like the second episode I've ever done, maybe even the first. It was combating, I had a saying, I said combating uh, depression through action. Don't give your demons any time to sulk and sit and soak into your psyche because uh, passivity does breed demons. 
Now, another thing that I realized was farming. So I have the satisfaction this morning. Uh, you guys know, if you've been following my Instagram, that I actually started a garden about six months ago. No, not six months ago. Six weeks ago, probably six to eight weeks ago. And I did this for a couple of reasons. One, I did it because I, I know that I'll be moving to the east east soon, like Montana or Idaho, which, uh, by the way, I got pre-approved for a home. I forgot to tell you guys. Uh, I got pre-approved for a pretty good amount. I'm very thankful for that. And I'll be getting a home probably within the next year out of California. So yeah, I'm giving myself a pat on the back here. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that my entire audience is just round of applause right now. I'm getting out of California. I burn it down. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So I did that because for one of two reasons, one, I wanted to, I wanted to practice farming. It's a new skill for me. I've never grown anything in my entire life. I think the most I've ever grown was like, like herbs, herbs in my window. That was about it. And it, and it failed because I was in the barracks and it's just not a conducive environment for growing, you know, chives and, and uh, basil and stuff like that. But I wanted to gain a new skill. And I learned a lot about farming. I learned about how to till the land. I've learned about what type of soil to use, when to plant certain seeds uh, during the season, how far to plant them apart. But most of the time, the main lesson that I took away from farming, from growing my own vegetables was long game. Postponing gratification, especially in the modern world, is essential for success. It would have been really easy for me to just, first of all, not even farm, you know, I, I call it farming, growing, whatever you want to call it, farm, I'll say farming. I, it could have been really easy for me to farm with, I just didn't have any patience. You know, I was like, I'm not going to wait six weeks for a squash. Are you kidding me? Like, that's so dumb. Uh, or I could have just, you know, quit because my garden failed a few times and started to die, whether it's because I forgot to water it or they're getting too much sun. I didn't even know plants could get sunburned. I was watering my plants midday and they were burning and, and the leaves were like whittling and stuff. So I could have given up, but instead I played the long game and I took the time to go out there and tend to my garden every single morning and make sure my vegetables were doing well. I gave them the vitamins and minerals that I thought that they needed. And, you know, I poured coffee grinds on it and I cared for it. But most importantly, one of the most significant lessons that I learned from that was uh, long game. Long game is essential for success in life. It could be applicable towards gym development. You're not going to get absolutely jacked overnight. You're not going to develop your bicep muscles overnight, your chest, your back. You may not even see any real physical development for like three months. And only when you play the long game, when you practice patience and you have at least some type of form of self-awareness and critical thinking, abstractual thought to understand that I'm not going to get what I'm looking for now. However, if I play my cards right and I wait, I'm going to get a reward out of this. The modern world really wants you to uh, play the short game. It's just all about instant gratification, um, not waiting for every anything. And we forget about that because everything is instant these days. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I was just thinking about this to myself just a couple days ago. I, it took me six days to get an Amazon package. I was like, six freaking days to get a package? 
And then I thought to myself, this package came from like Vermont or something, like way across the United States. And I'm mad because my package got here in six days. When in actuality, I was listening to, I was reading the audio book or reading that book about um, Grant, General Grant. Uh, and, <clears throat> and this dude would have to wait like four months to get one single letter from his wife. Four months to get a letter from his wife to make sure that his child didn't die or that, you know, his land wasn't stolen from him or something like that. Imagine that. And I'm sitting here complaining about six days. So it really puts things in a perspective. And then you look back on, I was thinking about this too. You look back on uh, our ancestors that depended on agriculture, which was a very small amount of them, by the way. Not everybody was a farmer. That's a big misconception that everybody was a farmer and everybody solely depended on just farming. When in actuality, it was like a lot of foraging and hunting. But anyways, agriculture is relatively new, like the, the form that we have of it now, this mass agricultural, you know, thousands of acres of corn rows and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you, you can only imagine how much our agricultural ancestors depended on their crops. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, no, oh, I lost a squash because I did lose a squash. Whereas like back then people would die if they weren't able to harvest their crops properly. You know, whether it was they had a plant plague or whatever you want to call it, diseases, the soil didn't like they did it wrong or who knows, like their land was burnt down to ground or stolen from it. If they didn't have those crops, they would depend on it or they would die. And it goes back to gratitude. I was so thankful to have the modern necessities that I have now, which is that of the grocery store, or even have the option to buy from a farmer's market if I wanted to. Whereas like my ancestors, if they weren't able to hunt, if they weren't able to grow or forage, they would literally just starve all winter and hope that they made it through. So that was a, that was a few lessons that I learned from that, you know, playing the long game. Um, and also another aspect of gratitude, and appreciation for how far we have come uh, technologically speaking with our food now obviously I can be that guy who's like oh well you know because of the agricultural industry we now have fast food and blah 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 it's like yeah but I can also choose not to eat fast food and it's that easy and I could go to a local farmers market or now I can grow my own food if I wanted to certain to a certain extent and um, yeah and it's a really I feel like farming and growing your own vegetables is not only satisfying in the aspect of like obviously self-reliance but it tastes so much better i pulled my squash right out of the ground this morning i put it in a cast iron pan which solbra told me that if you cook out of cast iron pan it helps the retain the nutrients the vitamins and minerals that you need instead of one of those uh, fake plastic pans so i cooked in a cast iron pan fresh onions garlic it was it was delicious it was very nutritious I could actually taste the vegetables. Um, but, but yeah, it was just, it's a new skill that I have. And now when I go to Montana or wherever it is I'm going, you better bet that I am going to grow everything out there. I'm going to grow onions, potatoes. I'm going to grow, um, you know, corn, squash, all that stuff, zucchini. And I feel like if I had a big enough garden, I would be able to sustain myself and my family for um, maybe not completely, but a good majority of my family, you know, could be sustained on vegetables that we grow at home. And you can only imagine how much fun it is for kids to sit there out, out there with their dads and stuff like that and, and garden and harvest the vegetables. And it teaches them a lot about self-reliance and stuff like that. 
but very, very satisfying to pick my butternut squash out of the garden this morning. Uh, it was only one, but it was very satisfying and it felt really good to go out there early in the morning, about eight in the morning, the sun was bright, it was, it's a warm day and to be able to just toss that into a pan and you appreciate every bite that much more because you grew it yourself. I really believe that man is meant or uh, his natural state is a state of self-reliance, growing your own food, hunting, farming, etc. Which brings me to my last point, foraging. So our ancient ancestors were obviously prim primarily hunters um, and gatherers, meaning foraging. You... There is so much abundance in wildlife, if you're willing to learn and pay attention, that you would actually be blown away at how many of the plants you can eat, how many of the mushrooms you can harvest. Um, so for example, I was at this, I was at the gathering this weekend and I was with this guy, I honestly can't remember his name, we just called him the Druid. He was like nature boy. And we, and we took him out into the Kentucky forests and he was like <laughs> pulling up every stone, identifying almost every single animal. He's like, oh, this is the blah, blah, blah snake. This is a salamander. And he knew everything about the land. Um, he's like, oh, if you put this leaf in your mouth and you taste it, it tastes like Fruit Loops and it tastes like Fruit Loops. And then we were walking through the woods and he, uh, I wasn't here for this, but he came into the house and me knowing nothing about foraging, I looked at this mushroom a couple hours ago and I was like, oh, that thing looks deadly. And it was like this tabletop mushroom. It was like a shelfy looking mushroom that grew on the side of a tree. It almost looked like a dinner plate growing out of the side of the tree. It was orange and had like a very cliff-like base to it. And I looked at that and I was like, that's poisonous. I'm not eating that. I don't even want to touch it. I don't trust mushrooms uh, <laughs> at all. Um, and this guy took it off the tree and he was like, oh my God, he's, look what I found. And he's like, you can eat this. And I was thinking to myself, why you can eat that? I, I had no idea. And anyways, what happened was that he picked pounds and pounds of these mushrooms that were apparently it was a good season for and we took it into the house and he cooked it up for all of us for dinner and mind you this is like a little mini community that we had over the weekend which i'll get into more later it's about 30 of us and he fed so many people with this mushroom i call it mushroomy i don't know what the actual name of it was but it tasted like chicken and he had onions. They had onions from a garden in there that they put in there. Garlic, um, just noodles. But he cooked this mushroom and it tasted just like chicken. It fed tons of people just from simply going out of the woods and being like, oh, I know what that is. So foraging is a skill that we forgot. And it's something that I want to get into more now because not only can you feed yourself with it, but it's really important to know your land and know what you can and cannot eat. And um, there's an innate satisfaction that comes along with being able to go out there and forage your own food. You know, mushrooms, berries, uh, spices, and stuff like that. I definitely would love to live on a land where I can forage my own food. I, I'm willing to bet that a large majority of our ancient, ancient ancestors' food primarily came from foraging, from eating roots and berries and mushrooms and all that stuff like that. Uh, and we all know that meat back then was not in every ancient society or tribe, but most meat was a luxury. So you ate meat primarily when either A, you had a minimal amount of crops, um, or when you got lucky enough to hunt something, or, you know, just meat was a luxury. So our ancestors primarily depended more on foraging than eating meat. And um, yeah, very interesting to think about. 
our, our eyes are actually adjusted towards looking at the ground and identifying uh, shapes and colors easier than most animals because after thousands of years of foraging, we're able to identify things like that, like snakes and uh, you know certain types of herbs and stuff. If you look at the ground long enough, sorry, I have a little ginger snap in my mouth. If you told your brain right now that I only want to focus on red things, let's say you're looking for red mushrooms, which I, I hope you'd never do, but you're, you're only looking for bright red mushrooms with white spots on it. Your brain will be like, all right, I'm going to um, kind of minimize the colors of everything else. And we're only going to notice red things with white spots. And I guarantee you, if you did that with any color, you would pick up on that way more. Just you can practice it in your house or if you're driving right now and you're just like, okay, I only want to focus on the greens in my primary and peripheral vision. And you're able to focus, boom, boom, boom. You're able to see all the green things. Okay, I want to switch it up and look at red. Boom, 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 red there. That's a, That comes from thousands of years of foraging and focus and identifying colors, et cetera, et cetera. Humans' vision is phenomenal when it comes to stuff like that. And you also have to remember that we were watching out for snakes our entire you know, primitive lives. But uh, those are all skills that I want to learn. I want to get more into farming. I want to get more into wood cutting, like actually going out into the woods, chopping down my own trees and then foraging all things that I think are essential for men. And it gives you a real se uh, sense of self-reliance and accomplishment. The more you can get away from purchasing food from the grocery store. I'm not saying get completely away from it. Obviously, I, I admitted that the grocery store is a luxury and it's a miracle. Honestly, it's a miracle. Um, but the more you can rely on yourself for feeding your family, the more powerful you become. It is like a superpower to me. And I know it sounds kind of weird because only recently we've been buying food from the grocery store. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real superpower to me. And I, as I get older, I appreciate those little things way more than I used to. If you would have told 12 year old me that to go chop wood, I probably would have been like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, but now I'm like, I really want to go chop wood right now. Anyways. Yeah. There's so, you know, and my idea of meat has kind of changed a little bit. So you guys know I haven't eaten meat in three years. However, I don't know if I told you guys this yet, but I've came to the conclusion that if I am able to hunt and kill my own meat, whether it's by myself or with a friend, I will eat meat again. If I'm able to hunt and kill it by myself, I don't care if it's with a rifle or a bow or whatever. So my idea is that if I am able to go to Montana and raise livestock, or let's say hunt deer, I will eat that because I know where it came from. You know, either A, I raised it myself or I hunted it myself, but it came directly from the land. I didn't buy it from any third party. It didn't come from the grocery store. You know, it just came from my hard work and effort and me tracking down that animal me having to unfortunately put it out of its uh, life. I was going to say misery, just assuming it was miserable up in the mountains, cold up there. Um, me skinning it and gutting it and properly harvesting the meat. It's a uh, art. You know, have you ever watched a butcher do butchery things? It's insane how much has to be put in, how much effort has to be put in it. So I've come to appreciate meat a lot more. I was never just anti-meat, like just don't eat it. Uh, maybe I was at a store. I don't remember. But now I'm just like, oh, I'm not, I'm still not eating meat. I'm not buying it from a grocery store. Um, but if I ever got my own land, I will start eating meat again. I believe that's one of the healthiest forms of meat that you can possibly eat. <sighs> Vegans be damned. If they heard me saying that, they would be all over me right now. But I don't give a shit. That's my opinion on it. I think hunting is a natural way of life. And I believe that humans are also accustomed to it. 
Um, but I would much rather do it myself. Like I said, self-accomplishment, self-reliance, knowing your land. Hunting is very hard. Hunting is very, very hard. People who have never hunted before think that you just go out and you're like, oh, you just shoot a deer. It's in your backyard, which I guess is true to some places. But I went hunting with my friend Kevin last year. Actually, we went scouting for deer. So we wanted to look for deer tracks and deer herds and where they sleep. And he, dude, we were up in those mountains for like eight hours and I didn't see a single deer. Neither of us saw a single deer. And it is so freaking difficult where I am. But yet people do it all the time. So I've underestimated how hard hunting actually was. If you've never done it yourself, you think it's easy. It's not easy. It's extremely difficult. But anyways, guys, focus more on self-reliance. Focus more on rewarding yourselves through tasks like farming, foraging, hunting, um, woodcutting, and just general more independence. I feel like that about summarizes this episode. I hope you didn't mind the ambience. If I decided to put it behind here, I felt like it was appropriate. But Thursday, we have a really special episode coming up with the wisdom of Odin about our experiences um, through the weekend or the gathering of the folk. I hope you guys listened to my episode with Solbra. So far, the reviews on it are really good. I'm glad you guys appreciate that. It was long. It was about two hours long. I don't know if you guys listened to the whole thing. But I definitely will do that again in the future. And hopefully you guys got some actionable advice out of that. But remember, I have the Instagram, Munden underscore Forest. And then I have my Patreon, which you can just Google search, Patreon and Forest Munden. Remember, you have about two days left to sign up for that. I think October 1st is the last day to sign up for the September uh, month. If you wait past the end of this month, you have to wait a whole nother 30 days to get your vinyl instead of just signing up today or tomorrow and getting it in like a week. All right, so you guys have a fantastic Tuesday. Practice self-reliance.